Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by our friends at Wheelan Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Inside the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, I'm MRN pit reporter Chris Wilner. As always, my co-host Kyle Ricky out in Connecticut, MRN turn announcer and reporter. Kyle, we are getting close to your big event to open the Stafford Speedway, 19, 18 days away from the Spring Sizzler. You ready? You guys ready? We're ready. Less than three weeks away. A lot of uh, off-season projects about wrapping up, landscaping, safer walls being painted uh, that just were installed about two weeks ago. Uh, some other fun things going on behind the scenes. So if we could just bottle the weather up that we're having this week, uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, not a drop of rain in the forecast. If we could just bottle that up for about two and a half weeks from now, uh, it'll be perfect. So uh, we're ready to go. Entries are pouring in. It's going to be a going to be a fun month here, or what's left of this month of April, uh, leading up to the 51st Napa Spring Sizzler in two weeks' time. We will send all the good weather vibes your way. So knock on wood that that is the case. Well, we've got a busy show for the folks at home coming up. Uh, we're going to talk the Allen Kowicki Driver Development Program and release its finalists. We'll let you know who is in the running for that season long honor as one of the greatest in. Uh, really racing Alan Kowicki, uh, the namesake of that scholarship program. We'll see who takes home the title at the end of the year. Uh, lots of racing going on, going on across the country. We'll let you know who's had a, a lot of success so far, as well as some of the big races we had a little bit different too, with Kyle Larson's two big events on the dirt. We'll talk about those. And of course, Austin Beers is on the show. The 20 year old out of Pennsylvania picked up the NASCAR wheel and modified tour win his first career at Richmond. We'll get to dive deep into his career and what's to come in the 2023 season, plus much more. But let's start there, Kyle. Let's run through the list of the Alan Kowicki Driver Development Program finalists. There are seven of them, six states represented, drivers aged 18 to 23. So a really good stepping stone, a really good opportunity for some young racers to make their names. Here's who made the cut. Jackson Boone out of Franklin, Tennessee, the 2019 Nashville Fairgrounds Pro Late Model Champion. Jacob Borst from our neck of the woods down here, from Elon, North Carolina, the uh, semifinalist last year for the Kowicki Driver Development Program. Max Cookson out of Palmyra, Maine, the Oxford Plains Speedway champion of a year ago. Hayden Plybin out of Spokane, Washington, points runner-up in the Northwest Super Late Model Series from a year ago. Evan Schotko, we've talked about him on the show a couple of times, especially last year, the Berlin Speedway track champion in 2022. Riley Stengem out of Utica, Wisconsin, the Tundra champion and race winner of 2021 and third in the 2022 standings. And then LeVon Vandergeist at a Merrill, Wisconsin. So two Wisconsin drivers have made the cut. He's the Milwaukee mile winner, the youngest to ever do it at 15 years old in the Midwest truck series. So a lot of talent, Kyle, it'll be interesting to follow what happens throughout that year. Again, they are basically graded throughout the season of, of their results and success. And then we'll find out who takes home 
that scholarship at the end of the year. All right, let's get into some of the racing. I know Kyle wants to talk about some of the success that we've seen. South Boston Speedway, we talked about the opener several weeks ago. Carter Langley, three of four so far on the year. I would think is an early contender to a challenge for maybe a national title as well. We've seen it come out of that racetrack before. Yeah, that whole region of the country has been so strong these last couple of years. And Carter Langley, we talked a couple of weeks ago, wasn't really on our radar until about a month ago when, when South Boston opened up, a little less than that now, and he has won three of the first four features of the season. Uh, great article up on the NASCAR Roots website about Carter and about uh, his relatively young career and early successes as a five-point lead over some guy named Peyton Sellers that uh, has found some we weekly success over the years as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch Carter uh, as the summer unfolds and as we begin to uh, get our, our first glimpse of the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series National Standings. Uh, NASCAR tries to wait until every region of the country is able to open up and get a few races under their belts before uh, they release the national standings. And so about a month away from that, and then we'll see where Carter stacks up. Speaking of success, how about Connor Hall? We had the Langley Speedway opener, one of the NASCAR roots tracks and sanctioned tracks. You could watch that series or that racetrack, I should say, all year long on flow racing, but Connor Hall won the opener. Uh, no stranger to victory lane, no matter where he goes, but a significant win for him and his young career. What are your thoughts on uh, possibly he making a, a case for, for challenging in that national championship? Yeah, it was a good car count. Uh, 17 cars took the green flag uh, for their season opener at Langley. He held off one of the best in, in Butterbean, Brendan or Brendan Queen. Um, they'll be back in action this week with twin modified features for Langley. So the late models are off. Uh, but again, it's it's that region of the country. It is so strong uh, for for NASCAR sanctioned racetracks. There's a there's a cluster of tracks that seem like they can get that maximum car count every week. And and Connor, you know, getting an early jump at Langley and getting those uh, maximum points. Uh, no doubt he could be uh, right up there uh, with Carter Langley uh, when when we get a, our first look at the standings here in a couple of weeks time. Well, it wasn't on asphalt, but I think the biggest topic of discussion <laughs> coming into the weekend was Kyle Larson's late model challenge at Bulls Gap. You could watch it live on Flow Racing. If you have it, go back and check it out. Absolute star-studded field. But what Kyle Larson did was basically, to no surprise of anyone who's followed Kyle Larson's dirt career, we had Kyle Busch out there, Chase Briscoe in the field as well, who ultimately broke his finger in qualifying. Yep. Still has a broken finger, ran Bristol, and is planning to run Martinsville before getting surgery. But Kyle Larson, going back to his roots, fitting for this show, and he makes an incredible battle with one of the best in Jonathan Davenport, who ultimately also ran double duty at Bristol as well in the Trucks and, and Cup Series. What do you think about Kyle going back to the dirt and just showing him who's boss there at uh, Bulls Gap in Tennessee on uh, Thursday night? Yeah, if you're not a fan of dirt late model racing, uh, watch that 50 lap feature event and you will quickly become a fan. I mean, it was 50 laps and I joked that night. I'm like, I think there are more lead changes than laps in this race between the changes that happened in turn two and in turn three. I mean, uh, Kyle and JD went back and forth uh, lap after lap, slicing through traffic three wide at times with lap cars in the middle. Uh, it was an incredible race. Uh, then Kyle got the lead with uh, what, a couple laps ago and, and, and just took off. But um, up until that point, uh, one of the best dirt late model races I have seen in, in a long time. Uh, it was nice to, to see that leading into the Bristol race weekend, a full house. 
Um, great crowd, great car count. You mentioned the big names that showed up to support the event, and they uh, they did not disappoint. The fans didn't leave disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Busch actually got a Kyle Larson provisional to start the feature because he yeah. unfortunately was a couple spots short uh, out of the B main. So really cool to see Kyle. And Kyle had made the most of the opportunity. He passed a lot of cards, I think, was in contention for hard charger as well. So really cool, Kyle. And then uh, just the other day, as we recorded this show at Lakeside Speedway, he and Brad Sweet, um, relatives now, as Kyle is brother-in-law, yeah. Brad Sweet, hosted their first high-limit sprint car series. The inaugural full season started at Lakeside uh, on Tuesday night, 56 sprint cars, got a little bit of a slow start. Jake Newman had a hard crash. Luckily, he is doing okay at the hospital. But, man, the stars showed up for that one, too, as well. And it's safe to say, whether it's asphalt or pavement, Kyle, or asphalt or dirt, the strength of grassroots racing, I think, has really shot through the roof with the, the, the introduction of a lot of these series offering big money for drivers to go race throughout the country. Yeah, 56 cars uh, showed up, and and it goes back to what we've talked about for, for quite a few years now, the connection between the stars of the sport in NASCAR at the Cup Series um, and, and kind of returning to their roots, and that's what we're seeing guys like Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch do, and, and that is coming back to these short tracks across the country filling the place up. Everybody wants to compete in these races because of the opportunities that Kyle is, is giving uh, with promoting these events and it, they're, they're successful. And I can't wait to see what the rest of that season looks like. They're midweek events. There's no other uh, sanctioning bodies in competition on the nights that they're going to run. So um, you were there. I don't know when you sleep, but I feel like you've been everywhere <laughs> lately. Brisk. <laughs> but, yeah we got back uh, at 3 a.m yet this morning as we record this so working off a little sleep but we're having a good time it was a lot of fun dylan welch out there as well you can watch yep. those races on flow uh 12 or now 10 more races uh on the calendar throughout the year on tuesday and wednesday nights final order of business before we get mr austin beers on the line i know we're anxiously awaiting to talk to him about his first career win on the modified tour trevor sanborn up in your neck of the woods got his first uh thompson icebreaker win and that race finally got off without a hitch because it had Mother Nature play get the original uh, slated start, and it finally got underway. And, and, I mean, finally, Thompson gets underway, one of my favorite tracks uh, up in the New England area. So what would you think about Trevor's performance getting his win in the icebreaker and finally Thompson getting underway in 2023? Yeah, and they had a good weekend for it, finally. Uh, a little chilly on Friday night. Um, I think the, the holiday weekend – wasn't really in in their favor, but because of the fact that they're promoting an event this weekend, the folks at least Thompson Speedway are promoting an event at New Hampshire Motor Speedway this weekend, and then Stafford opens up. Uh, it was about the only time that they were allowed to uh, find a window and run the event, but Trevor Sanborn uh, getting his uh, first win with Richard Moody Racing. First win for those two together uh, since 2010. So kind of a, a reunion in Victory Lane at the Thompson Speedway on Sunday afternoon. 22 cars, a very competitive event for uh, the past series. Also a shout out to Ronnie Williams, who came from a lap down to win the Open Modified race that same day as well as a good field of Open Modified showed up. A little tire strategy used there for, for Ronnie and his team to come from a lap down to, to ultimately claim the win in the 125 lap main event. Awesome stuff. Thompson's underway. Most of our racetracks are underway as well, so we're off and rolling in 2023. Well, Austin Beers has dialed us up. He's coming up next. We're going to talk NASCAR wheel and modified tour and all things Austin Beers as his young career got a big old jolt a couple weeks ago 
out at Richmond Raceway. That's all coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and warning systems for the automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheeland products are designed, sourced, and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheeland Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheelan Engineering. As promised, joining us on the phone is his first career NASCAR Wheelan Modified Tour win came at Richmond a couple weeks ago. The young Austin Beers is on the line. Austin, I know it's been a couple weeks, but what has life been like now that you're a NASCAR Wheelan Modified Tour winner here in 2023? It's been great. You know, and honestly, I got humbled really quick. I went local racing last week, and I barely squeaked out of top 10 and uh my spotter actually won the race but you know it just felt really good to to get that one under our belt and i'm confident that our team can contend for a championship this year and uh win a couple more had to be a big boost of confidence uh obviously uh one of the bigger racetracks that you'll run this year along with the new hampshire motor speedway later this summer high speed uh you are fast off the truck uh, good in practice obviously uh fast in qualifying and led what 102 of the 150 laps so overall a solid day and it looked easy on paper but how was it behind the scenes it couldn't have been that easy it never really is yeah it was just really good um off the truck the car was really good you know we had a we had a good setup last year just missed it a little bit and unfortunately we wrecked in uh practice last year we lost the left rear so it kind of minimized our day there but you know we came down with a pretty good package right off the truck and and you know just made one simple change and and the car was on rails the rest of the day you know even with the we thought we were going to race that night and then the rain delay came and you know threw a little wrench into it but the car was still very good and you know we just we just kept improving and and during the middle of the race we we were a little loose I was a little loose in the middle and that's how Doug got the lead and and I thought we, you know, kind of gave it away there. And then that last caution came out and we, we came down, made one more adjustment, and, and then it was perfect. Talk me through what it's like as a young driver who's sitting on the pole at Richmond to then have to wait till the next day to race. I mean, what was the anticipation like? Obviously, it's NASCAR weekend. There's a ton of fans there, obviously, with NASCAR in town. Some of the drivers were out there checking out the modified tour race. So what's it like from your standpoint when – everything is going right until mother nature hits and I got to wait another day and, and kind of process things over 24 hours. Yeah. It was a little nerve wracking just cause you know, I finally got my first pull and I was ready to get going. Cause the, the weight just, just sucks. The weight just, uh, just to sit there and know you're going to have to leave the field to green. It's not fun. And then, uh, you know, you got even more fans. You got to race in front of the next day, which is, which was actually a good thing for us because I felt Friday with the weather, we weren't going to get a, a huge fan count, but then the people got to stay for a free race and uh, it was a hell of a show. Was the track what you expected uh, from practice the day before to running after the NASCAR Xfinity series race on Saturday? Well, I talked to my crew chief about it because, you know, I haven't really ran that many races after a NASCAR race with a different tire compound, the good years. So, 
I asked them, you know, what would it feel like? Because uh, Ron and Sly are very used to that. They, they have a lot of experience. And they said it should be a little loose the first 10 or so laps, but then it'll be good after that. And, you know, after that, it was, it was pretty good. I didn't really feel the looseness, but uh, it didn't change it that much, I don't think. What was it like in the waning part of that race, knowing that you have, you know, a multi-time champion like Justin Bonsignor and J.B. Fortin and Max McLaughlin and all these guys behind you breathing down your neck? What Walk me through the last several laps. Uh, did you know about the battles ensuing behind you, or or what was it like behind the wheel? My spotter did a really good job, Jack Ely, of, uh, of letting me know what was going on behind me. And, you know, during the whole race when I was leading, I tried to, tried to keep a like a two-car length gap throughout and Fortunately, our car was good enough where I didn't have to use it up enough um, a lot to uh, to in- improve that gap there. So I was just trying to kind of maintain, but they were battling so hard, it, I kind of stretched the lead out. And, you know, just, I was just kind of focused on hitting my marks and, and, you know, keeping the right rear on it in case there is a late race yellow because uh, Max and JB both had tires there in the last uh, couple laps. Two races into the tour season, uh, eighth at New Smyrna, obviously the win at Richmond, tied for the championship points lead. How would you assess the 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 early portion of this year as we you know get set to to gear up for the summer stretch? I think we're really good. Uh, you know, we're still I'm still kind of new to this team, and you know we're starting to mesh really well, and we're starting to click. And uh, you know it's it's taken a little bit, you know, because I've just been so new, and their luck was terrible uh when i joined and you know we've just been meshing very well and you know i felt like we had a car to win at new smyrna unfortunately both our pick guns failed in the last hit stop so that's what kind of mired us back in traffic there at the end but you know i feel like mike murphy and the klm motorsport team have given me a great car and a great opportunity and uh you know we've been we've been clicking really well these first two races and we're hoping to continue it at Manana. Let's rewind the clock for those folks that are tuning into the show that may not know. Who is Austin Beers? How did this win at Richmond come to be? Where did your racing career begin? Obviously, from Northampton, Pennsylvania. To me, you're in dirt sprint car country, but how did you get started and find a path to the Modified Tour? So, my dad raced the Modified Tour uh, from, I think, 2000 till 2012. So, that's how, so I grew up going all those races and you know, that's the tour I've always wanted to be a part of. So that's kind of how I got it started. I, I ran pedal cars in, in North Carolina. And uh, then I ran quarter mid locally when my dad was running the tour. So it was just me and uh, my two uncles that would, you know, we'd go up Friday night with one pickup truck and a quarter midget. And that's how my racing career kind of started. And then I ran locally here at Mahoning Valley Speedway and, uh, and won a couple of championships. Then in 2021, I won the ROC championship uh for dave and laura delang and then uh, at the end of 2021 mike murphy uh he called me and asked me to run his car the last four races and we got a seventh at richmond and uh the next year he gave me the full ride opportunity and it's been going great since then and you were able to get him his first win two weeks ago uh you mentioned your father eric beers uh two-time winner on the nascar modified tour we should mention that he has found some success at this level but uh for you growing up you mentioned you were at the track uh you know, as a fan, uh, watching your dad race, did you have any one on the racetrack other than your dad that you kind of looked up to and, and cheered for each week? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's actually someone that's making some news this week. Uh, Ryan Priest, he was, uh, he's, he's my mentor pretty much. Um, you know, I learned a lot from him and when my dad was running the tour, he would actually, he was so young that, you know, me and him would actually play PlayStation together in our camper. Cause 
you know, all the guys would sit by the fire and be drinking or whatever after the races. And me and him would just be playing PlayStation, drinking juice boxes. So, you know, I, I look up to Ryan a lot. Um, Doug Kobe and Justin Bonsignor lately have, you know, I kind of try to try to stay with them. You know, I look up to them a lot. They're, uh, you know, multi-time champions and they, and they race really respectfully. And, and uh, you know, I just try to watch them as much as possible. Looking ahead on the schedule in 2023, obviously it's a busy year in terms of 19 total races, the most it's had in, in, in a while. Is there a racetrack on the schedule that stands out to you? Uh, obviously, Richmond's treated you well with the win, but looking ahead, Monadnock and, and, and those to follow, uh, is there a racetrack that you like specifically or something that you have circled on the calendar as a good opportunity to kind of keep this momentum going? Yeah, I have a couple. Seacong uh, Speedway, I had some success there in the Tri-Track Series. Um with uh, the Buller Racing team, and, and it's kind of like my home track, Mahoning Valley Speedway, where it's just you're constantly turning. And uh, Lancaster Motors, Motorsports Park, or yeah, I think that's what it's called now. They change the name every year, I feel like. So Lancaster Speedway, um, that track, it's an ROC track that we run a lot, so I have a lot of experience there, which I feel like I kind of have the upper hand because we usually go to, like, Thompson or Stafford to where all those guys have thousands of laps there, but we finally go to kind of an even playing field at Lancaster. So I'm excited for that one. Are you, are you confident going into the bull rings of the schedule? And that's, I think the next three races, you could classify them as bull rings. Seekonk being one of them, uh, Riverhead, and then Monadnock's the next, uh, next race on the schedule. We, we, we under we know that we're Monadnock's next race on the schedule. We know you can run well on the big track at Richmond, but now we're going to these really tight third mile ovals and quarter mile ovals. Uh, thoughts about, you know, these next three races on the tour. Yeah, I feel like we'll we'll excel at these bull rings. I feel like uh, it's kind of my forte to run the bull rings because we struggled a lot last year on the the higher speed, bigger track. Um, you know, we wrecked at New Hampshire uh, and uh, and at Martinsville. So, you know, I feel like our bull rings are where we excel. So I'm as confident as ever going into them, knowing that we've excelled at the bigger track now that we can run even better at the bull rings. My final question for you, Austin, is you look at this season and obviously now as the point tied for the points lead and, and it's all in on a championship, but is there anything else that you maybe have on your calendar this year away from the national tour that you guys are trying to hit or, or maybe you would like to uh, get to at some point this year? Yeah, we run the race champions. Uh, Joe Scott, Nikki and, and Zach do a great job uh, promoting and, and running that series. It's a very respectful series and, you know, we're going to try to hit as many of those as possible. Uh, you know, the, the tour is our main focus, but we're going to try to hit as many ROC races as possible. And then um, I might run for the 13 uh, of Doug DePisa's car in the Tri-Track Modified Series and maybe a couple SK shows at Stafford. There you go, Kyle. Oh, there we go. I mean, other than that, not much going on. There's so many modified options up here in the Northeast, and we've talked about it, the Tri-Track, the NASCAR Tour, the ROC Tour, the Modified Racing Series, a lot of options. It looks like you're going to have a full schedule. I guess my last question for you is uh, the experience of winning that ROC championship a couple of years ago. Is there much you can take from that when chasing the NASCAR Modified Tour title here in, in 2023? Yeah, because there's there's some tour regulars that that ran that, and that kind of prepared me for what to expect when we went to the tour. Um, Matt Hirschman and Patrick Emerling are the first two to come to mind. You know, just racing them and experiencing what it's like to to race around them, and you know, just 
it kind of prepared me for what to expect when I was coming to the tour. So, you know, and they're all respectful guys. And uh, it's just a really fun series, fun and clean. And I really enjoy running it. Well, Austin, congratulations on the win at Richmond. Best of luck to you as the season continues, beginning with Manadnock and uh, your title chase here in 2023. It's going to be fun to watch. Yep, thank you, guys. That's Austin Beers, Richmond Raceway winner a couple weeks ago in the NASCAR Wheeling Modified Tour. Again, the series continues at Manadnock coming up in a few weeks. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at some news and notes and the calendar. Plenty of racing still to come as we get to the midpoint of April here. That's coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheeling Engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. Stay. Welcome back into NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelan Engineering. A great chat, Kyle, with Austin Beers. For 20 years old, sounds a lot like a veteran. Uh, certainly he's going to have a great year here this year. So far, so good. Eighth place and a win at Richmond. Yeah, that Mike Murphy-owned team off to a strong start with Austin behind the wheel, second-generation driver. Uh, we've, we've wondered for a couple of years now who that next driver was that could come in and, and you know, slow down the, the, the advances of Doug Kobe and Justin Bonsignor, the guys that have really dominated the NASCAR Modified Tour over the last decade. We saw John McKennedy a year ago win the title, and uh, we might get another new ch champion here uh, in Austin Beers. We'll see. Still early in the season, a lot of racing to go, but he's off to a good start. Absolutely. Well, NASCAR, pretty cool stuff this week, has been you know rolling out their top 75 greatest drivers ever, of course, for NASCAR's 75th anniversary season here in 2023. And a few drivers were recently released this week. One of those, a proud NASCAR Roots member, Mike Stefanik. Named one of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers, wheel and modified tour, absolute, absolute stud in his day, Kyle. I mean, well-deserving for sure, but really cool that not only is Mike being awarded that, but obviously Hall of Fame, things like that. But to be the kind of the modified guy in this list of NASCAR greatest drivers got to be pretty cool. Yeah, and amazing for his family. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we lost Mike a few years ago in, in a plane crash. Um, but man, in his heyday, it was amazing to watch him, 
Uh, somebody tweeted uh, the week of his passing. I'm glad I was around to witness the career of of Mike Stefanik, and and they were dead on when he won those seven NASCAR Modified Tour titles, the two Bush North Championships. Four of those titles came within two years, uh, winning the Modified Tour title and the Bush North title in the same season on back-to-back years uh, was amazing. When both divisions ran the better part of 20 races a season, uh, he'd be bouncing back and forth all over New England to try and run you know, two races in a single day sometime. So uh, it was an amazing era and uh, pretty cool to have him on the list representing uh that time period and this uh, this region of the country and all that goes on up here in New England. Yeah, and he was joined this week by Casey Kane and Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart getting that uh, notification from Mike Helton during the broadcast out, out at Bristol. Yep. So pretty special announcement. Casey, I watched him run a sprint car here at Lakeside this week uh, in honor for him as well. Uh, some other news and notes before we get to the schedule. How about Sundrop coming back on board for Dale Jr.'s attempt at the late model at North Wilkesboro this year? Obviously, uh, it's Dale Jr. has been with Sundrop before, and, uh, you know, it's kind of fitting if you think about it. He's got the High Rock Vodka. You've got Sundrop. The two of those together is fantastic, uh, but pretty <laughs> cool special opportunity for him to kind of get that Sundrop livery back on his uh, late model out at North Wilkesboro. Again, he's been the man behind getting Wilkesboro back. He's done that, and now it's the side of the All-Star race here this year in May, and, of course, he's going to run the late model there before that. So pretty cool stuff. Kyle, and then Caden Honeycutt, what more can you say about this youngster? Qualified fourth at Bristol Dirt in the truck. Also, not bad for a guy who hasn't been on dirt a whole lot. Started his career in a late model on dirt, but lately he's been running the Cars Tour. Goes out there, qualifies fourth, finishes ninth at Bristol in a career Mm -hmm. best finish. And then this week, it's announced as Sam Hunt's new driver out at Dover in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, making his debut. The up and up continuing for some of our roots drivers here in the NASCAR National Series. Felt like he was just a little late model driver a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And now Caden's uh, all over the map, uh, running in, in two national series, running in the truck, running in, in the Xfinity series here in a couple of weeks at the Monster Mile. Been a roller coaster couple of weeks uh, for Caden, who had an incident in practice at the Texas Motor Speedway, didn't even get to run that race, and then bounced back to get a top 10 at the Bristol Motor Speedway, and now get this opportunity with Sam Hunt. So uh, congratulations to Caden, and uh, look forward to continuing to watch his progress up the, the, the NASCAR ladder. Absolutely. So Dover will be Caden Honeycutt's first Xfinity race for Sam Hunt. Meanwhile, the calendar this week starting to get a little bit more thick as we get into the warmer months and a lot of our racetracks are up and running. Some of the big news and notes are the big uh, events coming up this week. The ASA Southern Super Series at Montgomery. Obviously, we know all the big hitters are going to be down there on Saturday. But Kyle, pass the Pro All-Star Series at New New Hampshire Mile up in your neck of the woods. That's always one of the big races for that series, one of the biggest tracks they run on uh, with the American-Canadian Tour up there as well. Yep. So it should be a good afternoon for racing uh, for both those series. And the weather, knock on wood, is looking good right now for, for those folks, ACT and and Pass. I think a couple of the other local divisions will uh, will take place um during the during the weekend as well adding to the race program so gonna be uh gonna be a fun weekend of racing like you mentioned their biggest racetrack that they'll run on by far all year long uh on the big stage at the the new hampshire motor speedway speaking of modifieds and we talked about the national tour off until they go to monadnock but the smart modified tour is in action this weekend at hickory the home of nascar stars so hickory's been busy already this year gonna host the smart mods I believe Bobby Labonte is uh, back behind the wheel as well as Ryan yep. Newman, so it should be a good one 
out there as well. And then Kyle, uh, our own Jeff Striegel's racetrack yep. finally pulls back the curtain on 2023. I know he has been tweeting nonstop about all the renovations they're doing at Berlin. The icebreakers this weekend, I one of the coolest tracks out there in the Midwest of Michigan. Uh, cannot wait to see who shows up there for the opener. And five bucks to get in if you get yes. your ticket online. Five dollars for opening day featuring the super late models and all of their other weekly divisions out there at the Berlin Raceway. So kudos to Jeff. I hope uh, he has a great weather weekend, a great crowd shows up and, and supports the racetrack. So um like you mentioned, uh, he has done a lot of work, not only to the racetrack, but all of the fun that's going to happen on the midway with with the lounge, let's call it, uh, down uh, in between the grandstands. Uh, they're going to have live music. So, uh, you know, he he's done a great job in, in putting some life onto that property uh, during race nights and even some events that are not taking place during races. So uh, hopefully they have a great weekend. Uh, another edition of the icebreaker. I think this is the third icebreaker we've talked about this year, uh, but the first one for Berlin Raceway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, most of those icebreakers are in probably still ice country. So it, it, it's fitting. Now down here where it's funny. Yeah, that's another story, but uh, <laughs> good to see Berlin back uh, opening up with the icebreaker this weekend. And then a couple weekly tracks op- uh, back in action again, Langley, Florence, Meridian, and more all with their NASCAR weekly sanctioned events. So with their local series are out. So go visit your local short track. If you have not done so already, get out there, support it. Uh, lots of great racing going on this weekend. Kyle, the MRN schedule is starting to get thicker this weekend as well with the trip to the paperclip in Martinsville. It all begins Friday. The Long John Silver's 200 at 7 p.m. What do you think when uh, NASCAR goes back to the paperclip? We know what happened back in October when it came to the Cup Series, but it was a fun weekend getting ready for NASCAR Championship weekend. But what do you think is going to happen here this weekend out at Martinsville with the new short track back? Yeah, nobody will be riding the wall. Uh, We know that. Or if they are, they're not doing it intentionally and there could be a penalty now. Um, It's going to be a fun race. Uh, There was a lot of optimism listening to drivers last week in the media center at the Bristol Motor Speedway about uh, what they've experienced thus far with with this new short track package that they've experienced a few times, including most recently uh, at the Richmond Raceway in Virginia. Uh, they believe there will be more passing than what we saw over the last couple of years in Martinsville and probably more spins. Everybody seems to be on edge a bit more. I know Kyle Busch said that he is very loose, hard to hang on to the race car, but you know, we haven't really seen him spin much being one of the best in the sport, except on dirt last week, but that's a different story. Um, going to be a good weekend. Going to be a good weekend. You know, all three national series are there. All can be heard here on the Motor Racing Network. So uh, I love uh, a good short track weekend. And, you know, we're in for one for uh, NASCAR's Big Three. Absolutely. Again, all those races coverage live on the Motor Racing Network this weekend. So be sure to tune in for that. Well, Kyle, enjoy your racing weekend, my friend. Good luck getting the uh, buttons buttoned up over there at Stafford. I know you guys have been hard at work, you and Bonsa and the whole crew. Looking forward to kind of starting to preview what's going to happen up there here in a couple weeks. Yeah, but thank you. Uh, weather's great. So, uh, again, hopefully it sticks around. And um, I think you should go get some sleep. That is the plan. After uh, <laughs> some uh, Millbridge racing here this week or tonight here when we record the show, some micros, I am definitely going to hibernate uh, for the rest of the week. Well, for Kyle Ricky and our producer, Pat Jaggers, my name is Chris Wilner. Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of NASCAR Coast Coast presented by Wheelin Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Go support your local short track or at least stream it live wherever you may be, and we'll talk about it all 
next week.